0: If you're able, would you stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Lord. Amen. Hey, we're looking today in the book of 1 Kings chapter number 18. 1 Kings chapter number 18. Very familiar passage of scripture. If you know your Bible very well at all. It's, and uh, it's, we're going to begin reading with verse 41, one. First Kings chapter number 18, and begin reading with verse 41. The Bible says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And said to his servant, go up now, look into, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Father, one more time, I thank you for the infallible, the life-altering, life-changing, miracle work of your word. One more time, I ask that your anointing will rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you will once again give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say unto the church. But God, may we not only hear today, but may we also put into practice that which we receive today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. Hey, you may be reseated. This morning. Let me remind you that our word for the year is the word impact. Impact. 2018 has been declared a year of impact. See, our heart here at the Grace Place is to make a difference. That's what we're all about. That's what we yearn for. That's what we what we're trying to do, and that is to make a difference, to have an impact on people's lives. Now, it's amazing to think that we are already halfway through this year. So in the area of impact, let me ask you this morning, how are we doing? Let me ask you this this morning, how are you doing? How are you doing? Are you impacting anyone's life? Are you making a difference or are you just marking time? As I spent nearly every morning with the Lord these past 30 days, I felt impressed of the Lord to remind us of our objective for this year, to reinforce the direction that God gave us at the beginning of the year, to make sure we're still on target, to make sure we know what this year is supposed to be all about. Now, I believe that this is a word for us as a church, but I also believe that this is a word for us individuals. I'm in a season of life where I want to move from success to significance. I want to leave a legacy. I want my life to have a residual effect. I want my life to have made such an impact that in essence I live on. I live on through other people long after my funeral is over and the fried chicken and the potato salad have been eaten. So for the next six weeks, we're going to talk about this word impact, what it means and how it will be fleshed out at the grace place. But I want to reiterate this. I want to say this again. This word is direction not only for our church, but I believe it is also direction for us personally. In this six-week series, we're going to make an acrostic out of this word impact. Today, we're going to start off, of course, with the letter I. And for the letter I, I'm using the word intentionality. Say intentionality. See, see, if we're going to make an impact, we will do this with intentionality. See, without intentionality, it is impossible to make an impact. See, intentionality in its simplest definition is on purpose. On purpose. Write this down this morning. You can't make an impact trying to do everything. You can't make an impact trying to do everything. If you try to do everything, you won't do anything very well. And also, you can't make an impact if you're doing the wrong thing. See see what you are doing might not necessarily be wrong it's just wrong for you In my daily extended prayer time included in my prayer is this I pray almost every day God help me do right God help me do things right in my prayer I say God help me do things right. I'm I'm saying God help me do everything with excellence. I want to do everything that I do. I want to do it 110%. I want to do it with enthusiasm. I want to do it with excitement. I want to do it with excellence. I want to do everything that I do. I want to do it to the very best of my ability. God help me do things right. But I don't just pray God help me do things right. Then I pray God help me do right things. Help me do right things. Because you see, even if I do things with excellence, if I'm not doing what God designed me to do and called me to do and gifted me to do, I still will not make an impact. The only way my life will make an impact is if I do things right and I do right things. I do the things that he has specifically called me to do. God hasn't called me to do everything. He hasn't called you to do everything. But he has called us to do something. And we need to discover what that something is. In order for the grace place to have an impact on our world, it will require, say require. It will require intentionality. We must do what we do on purpose. We must discover who God wants us to be and then devise a plan on how we are going to flesh it out. Understanding understanding that if we do, then we will not just become a carbon copy of some other church. This is why we can't get our marching orders from some other church or from an internet search. All right, let's get... Uh, to our scripture for today that we read just a moment ago. We know the background of this story. There had been a drought in the land for over three years. The prophet Elijah had prophesied the drought, and and now in this scripture he prays for the drought to be over. Elijah had a drastic impact through his declaration of the three-year drought. Now he seeks to continue making an impact as he prays for the drought to depart. See, see, intentionality was a huge part of Elijah's success. I want to quickly give you five proofs of intentionality. Five proofs of intentionality contained in the scripture that we read a few moments ago. Elijah experienced these five things and so can We, But only if we walk the road of intentionality. So let me give them to you. First of all, let me suggest that intentional people will will hear what no one else is hearing. People of intentionality will hear what no one else is hearing. You say, Pastor, where would you find that? In verse 41. In verse 41, Elijah said, I hear the sound. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Well, no one else seemed to hear the sound. Everyone else was concentrating on the negative effects of the droughts. See, in order for us to hear what no one else is hearing, our ears must be tuned to the voice of God. We must be intentional in our hearing. We must focus on God's voice and not focus on the voice of the people. See, see, if I listened, if I listened to the voice of the people, I would continually be depressed, I would continually be anxious, I, I would continually be fearful, because the voice of the people always has, has something stirred up. Most people are caught up in some type of drama. It's amazing. you know. Controversy and conspiracy theories and complaints and criticism consistently come out of the mouth of people. You know, one day where the news media is focused on this thing that happened and, oh, nothing like this has ever happened before and, oh, it's so bad and doom and gloom and all of this stuff and then, and then a week later something else happens and then they totally forget about all that bad there and now they're focused on something else. Listen, if I listened to the voice of the people, I would continually be depressed. I would continually be anxious. I, I would continually be fearful. Can you even imagine the moaning and the groaning and the name-calling? Can you imagine the accusations that were flying around because of the drought? But Elijah refused to listen to the voice of the people. His ears were tuned to God's voice. And because he chose to tune his ears, Ears to God's voice and not to the people's voice. Because of this, he could hear what no one else was hearing. He says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He was the only one that heard it. What are you hearing today? Depends on who you're listening to. Second proof of intentionality is you will do what no one else is doing. Verse 42, Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah bowed down and prayed. See, while Ahab partied, Elijah prayed. See, in order to make an impact, we must do what no one else is doing. While others are having a party, we must have a prayer meeting. While others are having a powwow, we must have a prayer meeting. And listen to me. We need to be very, very careful how we pray. It's not enough to have a prayer meeting. We need to be very, very uh, careful how we pray because, you see, most people and most churches pray like this. They pray, they pray. God bless what I'm doing. God, I'm doing this, 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 and this. God bless. God, pour out your blessing on what I'm doing. God, would you bless what I'm doing? But listen, if we would listen, if we would listen when we pray, we will hear God say No. No, I'm not going to bless what you're doing. You do what I'm blessing. See, see, prayer is not for asking God to bless what we're doing. Prayer is to discover what God is blessing. And just listen to me this morning. Just because God's blessing was on something in the past, that doesn't necessarily mean his blessings is still on it in the present. That's good. Remember when Jesus was was walking on top of the water toward the disciples that were in the boat. Remember that story. And remember Peter was sitting in the boat with the rest of the disciples and when they discovered that it was Jesus that was walking to them on top of the water, Peter asked the Lord if he too could walk on top of the water toward Jesus. And Jesus said, hey Peter, come on down. Peter walked on top of the water just like Jesus did. Here's what I think. Knowing Peter and knowing his personality, I guarantee you he tried walking on the water again sometime after this. And I'm sure in my mind that Peter probably got a mouthful of water. See, see, just because something worked in the past, that doesn't necessarily mean it will work in the present. Don't get hung up on methods. Don't get hung up on methods. Methods change. Methods change. Anything changed at your work in the last 10 years? The way you live your life? Methods change. And here's what you need to understand, especially some of you need to understand, and that is the methods that you love. So much of the past were the very methods that were criticized when they were first introduced. Your grandmas and grandpas were saying, we're going to hell in a handbasket, what they're doing at church these days. I've been around the block a few times. I've lived a while. I know what I'm talking about. Write this down. This is worth the price of admission this morning. By the way, some of you haven't paid yet. Just kidding. Come on. Write this down. Choose your church based on its mission, not its methods. Woo! Choose your church based on its mission not its methods. Let me tell you something else I want you to think about, and that is if we focus on what God was doing, we might miss out on what God is doing. Did you hear me? I said if if we focus on what God was doing, we're just liable to miss out on what God is doing. Let me just tell you, the good old days weren't that good. I was there. They weren't that good. Some of you complain because the air conditioner is not working that good in your house and it's 80 degrees in there. Well, you know, <laughs> the old methods were, <laughs> you, you know, a funeral fan to <laughs> raise the windows. Amen. And hear this this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. When we reject today's methods... We are actually rejecting our very own children and our very own grandchildren who are the very ones that are introducing to us these new methods. You see, each new generation has their way of doing things. I don't do church the way my daddy did church. I don't have the methods that my father had. My kids don't have the methods that I have. Each new generation has their own way of doing things. They have their own Methods, we had ours and they will have theirs. Hear me this morning, the message is sacred and never changes. The methods are nothing more than preference. And we all have them. And the way we want church done is the way we, it was when we came into it. And that's just the way it is. But hear me this morning, if we're going to impact this generation, say this generation. See, see, I'm going to leave one of these days, and I don't plan on passing the baton to someone and passing a, a nursing home church to somebody. Or a church that's 10 years behind time or 20 years behind time. And when I take out of here, man, that church is going to be sailing, man, and they're going to have to really run fast to get the baton to get it from me to keep it going in the right direction. Here's what we need to do this morning. We must take the old message and package it in new methods. The old message, the old message, The old. what is the old message? The old message is Jesus is the Son of God. He became the Son of Man. Jesus was perfect in every way. Jesus died on the cross and he took the sin of man on himself and paid the penalty for sin on the cross and made it available that everyone that would call upon his name would be saved. That's the old message and we must always preach the old message. We must take the old message, and we must package it in new methods. Because if we don't package it in new methods, all we will have is those that are happy with the old one. And the new ones that are being born today and the teenagers and the young people and the young couples and the young families that are living in this modern world today, they don't understand the old methods. We do, but they don't. But they understand their methods. We had our day. We need to make sure that we say, Lord, Lord, we want the message to stay pure. But, Lord, we don't care about the methods. All we care about is seeing people, their lives impacted, their lives changed, their lives altered, amen, their lives different when they leave than when they came. To have an impact requires intentionality. The proof of intentionality is you will hear what no one else is hearing. You will do what no one else is doing. And number three, you will see what no one else is seeing. Verse 43, Elijah prayed and then he sent his servant out to look for a sign of rain. And the servant returned and he said, I don't see anything. I've had a few servants like that. <laughs> Here is Elijah. His face is between his knees. He's agonizing. He's, 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 he's agonizing. He's moaning. He's groaning in prayer. He's interceding. He's praying for rain. He sends his servant out to see if there's any sign of rain. And the servant comes back saying, ain't nothing out there, bud. Don't see a cotton-picking cloud in the sky. I don't see anything. Well, of course, of course he didn't see anything because listen to me this morning, in order to see what others don't see requires eyes of faith. If you're going to see what no one else is seeing, you're going to be seeing through eyes of faith. Fifteen years ago, this property had nothing on it. It was just a raw piece of dirt. This church was meeting in a rented school cafeteria. The small group of people that were hanging on, that were left, they were wounded, they were discouraged, and there was inner turmoil in the church. My wife and I was asked to serve this church as pastors. My wife and I looked at the situation, and I'm telling you that my, almost simultaneously my wife and I looked at each other, and we both said out of our own mouths, we said in two years this situation can totally be turned around. In two years' time, we had our own building. In two years' time, the finances were stable. In two years' time, our church was growing. Oh, please, please, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not taking credit for all of this this morning. I'm simply trying to make a point. And the point I'm trying to make is this morning, and that is to, in order to see what others don't see, requires looking with eyes of faith. See, we weren't, we weren't seeing what we could accomplish. We were seeing what God could accomplish through us. We had a history of seeing what God had done. We had a history of seeing the hand of God on our lives and seeing what God, the miracles of God in the past, and we knew the God of the past was also the God of the present, and so we looked with eyes of faith, and we said, you know, if we look with natural eyes, we won't even want to have any part of this, but through eyes of faith, we see we see a church, amen. We see a building. We see it growing. We see it prospering. We see the blessing of God in the future, and it was because we looked with eyes of faith. See, Elijah couldn't produce rain. He wasn't a rainmaker. He couldn't produce rain, but he knew who could. Let me ask you this morning, what situation do you need turned around? What situation do you need to turn around in your life, your marriage, your finance, a broken relationship? Let me encourage you today, become intentional on turning the situation around. Listen, it will only happen if you hear what others aren't hearing because your ears are tuned not to man's voice but to God's voice. And then when you hear God's voice, you will then do what others are not doing because God is telling you what to do. And God is telling you what to do. And because you are doing what God is telling you to do, then you will then begin to see what others aren't seeing because now you are looking with the lenses and the eyes of faith. And all of that will cause you to do number four, and that is you will believe while no one else is believing. Verse 44 says, after praying seven times and sending his servant out to look for a sign. On the seventh time, the servant came back and reported. He said, I see a cloud, but it's no bigger than a man's hand. But Elijah said, that's it. That's it. That's the sign. That's the cloud. The rain is coming. Oh, I'm pretty sure Elijah's servant didn't believe it, but Elijah did. Write this down this morning. Faith says it before it seizes it. Faith says it before it seizes it. See, See, if you don't have the faith to say it, you will never seize it. Somebody somebody needs to say it this morning. Somebody needs to say it this morning. I will. I will make an impact with my life. I will make a difference. I will leave a legacy. Somebody needs to declare it. Somebody needs to say it this morning. Oh, the fruit from my life will continue to produce long after my body is laid to rest. It is my intention and I need to quit being just intentional and get it done. But it is my intention to put in my will that missions will have a residual effect long after I am gone. There will be some money. There will be some property. There will be something that will long after everything of mine has been dispersed in the, and, and, and my son and my daughter and their families have, but there will be some of that, some of that, amen, that will be set aside that will perpetually, perpetually, week after week and month after month and year after year after year after year after year and for as long as possible, amen, something will be given to missions. I want to, I want to leave a legacy. I want, to make, I want to make an impact that lasts long, long after this beautiful body of mine is laid to rest. <laughs> Forgive me, but I just have to say this because I almost laughed. But somebody told me after, before service this morning, said, Pastor, yesterday when you had that suit on, said, you look like a movie star. I said, yeah, an old one. (laughs) Hey, I want the fruit from my life to continue to produce long after my body is laid. Listen, hear me this morning. I declare. I'm going to speak it this morning. I'm going to say it. I declare today that the seeds that I have planted in this church for the last 15 years and the next several years as I continue as your lead pastor, I declare today that the seeds that I have planted in this church will continue to produce a harvest long after I am no longer lead pastor of this church. lest you think that sometimes I'm repeating a sermon, I'm not repeating a sermon. I'm saying the same thing again because there are some things that God has called me to say and some things God has called me to impart, and you're not going to hear it the first time, and you're probably not going to hear it the third time, and so you're going to hear it over and over and over again. And so just you'll be like some of my people that I pastored 30 years ago who still say, you know, Pastor Benson used to say, and what I'm putting in you is not my words but the word the Lord. Listen to me this morning. Faith says it before it seizes it. Very quickly let me say if the first four points of this message are done then, then we will then number five we will experience what no one else is experiencing. Verse 45 and 46 says soon the sky was filled with black clouds and a heavy rain began to fall. Then the Lord gave special power. Say special power. Then the Lord gave special power to Elijah. And he outran Ahab's chariot of horses all the way to the city of Jezreel. You might ask me, Pastor, why do some have greater experiences than others? The answer is varied and it's complex. But to simplify, listen, if you hear and do and see and believe, what no one else is, then you will experience what no one else is. Oh, if we want to experience impact, both corporately and personally, we must begin with intentionality. The takeaway for this message today is this. Let's be intentional in finding out what God wants of us intentional in finding out what God wants. Do you even know what God wants from you? Do you even know what God wants specifically and particularly for you? If not, it's time to find out. How can you do it if you don't know it? And most of you are probably already doing it. You just haven't thought about it. But What is it? What is it God has specifically called you to do? And what is it God has specifically called this church to do? God hasn't called this church to do everything. And please, I want to be as kind as I can this morning, but please don't come in here from another church and say, we didn't do it like this over there. Because if you tell me you didn't do it like this over there, I'm going to ask you, well, then what are you doing over here? If it was so good over there, what are you doing over here? I am not. I know that sounds, it doesn't sound good, but I, I don't know any other way to say it. I'm saying it as nice as I can. We can't do everything, and we're not going to do everything. Because we try and do everything, we're not going to do anything worthwhile. We're not going to do anything well. Amen? One of the reasons why this church is at 500 and not 200 or 300 is because I no longer have my finger on everything. I no longer have a part of everything. Because I can't have a part of everything and do anything right well. But I have discovered that, you know, I know what I do well. I know what I do better than most people do. Now, it's only one or two things that I do, that I do better than most people. But there are one or two things that I do pretty good. They've served me pretty well. And now I get to do that 99% of the time I do one or two of those things. And I've got other people doing all those other things. And you know what? They're doing a lot better job than I could do. Because, you know, I, I, can't, I don't have time to put into it, and they do. What is it God wants out of your life? Stop trying to be everything to everybody. Be who God made you to be and who God called you to be. And do it with excellence. Do it with all you got. Put everything into it. You'll never excel until you find out what it is. Amen. You know, the bird doesn't do very good right running right on, the, on the ground. Fish doesn't do very good on the ground. Does God want you to fly or does he want you to swim? Some of you are flying, you ought to be swimming. Some of you are swimming, you ought to be flying. How many you know what I'm talking about this morning? Let's be intentional in fulfilling God's instructions. Next Sunday, we're going to look at the letter M in the word impact as we go through these next six weeks, discovering how we're going to make an impact, not just this year, but in the years to come, the ways, the methods, the means it's going to get done.